We are so honored to have you join us for this episode of Beyond the Loss. I'm Aditi Leverage, and I am a bereaved parent to two and parent to one living child. I'm a specialized pregnancy and infant loss coach, mindfulness meditation teacher, and founder of the registered charity, the Pregnancy and Infant Loss Support Center. And I'm Danielle Kluski, bereaved parent to my daughter, Emelina, and parent to two living daughters. Co-founder and director of operations of the Pregnancy and Infant Loss Support Center. On this show, we share real stories about parenting and healing through pregnancy and infant loss. We allow space for the often silenced truths around loss to be heard. We offer an affirmative space for all people impacted by loss to share their stories, their triumphs, and their healing. Please keep in mind that the stories shared are personal stories and are not to be used in replacement of professional advice. Should you need additional support, please visit our website in the show notes that are linked. We are so excited to have you join us for today's episode. Let's start talking. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Beyond the Loss. Today, we are joined by Rekha Chug uh, for a very special episode to me, Aditi, um, as Rekha Chug is my mom. So very excited to have you on with us, mom. It feels kind of strange to, <laughs> to have you on, but I'm, I'm excited to hear your thoughts. So Rekha Chug is Aditi's mom and immigrated to Canada about 40 years ago. She has two living children and two angel babies. In her spare time, she likes gardening, cooking, reading, and painting. We're so happy to have you with us today, Mom. I'm happy to be here. Hello, everybody. Hello. Thank you for joining us. I'm really excited to chat with you today, Rekha. I figure to get started today, we can chat a little bit about what it was like to watch your child, Aditi, as she walked the journey of loss. Well, to tell you the truth, she's had two losses, and the first one um was an uh, ectopic pregnancy and that was really really hard because it was during christmas season and the doctors were not uh, means the, the the hospitals were working on a skeleton scar- uh, staff and the doctors um uh, were not very present and watching aditi go through something like that and i knew that if something wasn't going to happen soon, I was going to lose her. And I've never, ever seen anybody in such pain as I've seen uh, Aditi go through that. And it, I don't wish this on any mother to see her child go through this. Um, fortunately, I had uh, a nephew here who works for uh, the radiology department in one of the hospitals in Calgary. And as a last resort, I called him and said, look, please do something. She needs to be seen ASAP, otherwise I'm going to lose my child. And he did that and uh, he pulled some strings and I got Aditi to the radiology department at the hospital right away. And the radiologist there took one look at her and rolled her personally into the emergency room and told the doctors to get going um, with her. And then she had a 
uh, emergency surgery. And uh, we were told that if she hadn't been there at that time, um, the, uh, it would have been life-threatening for Aditi. So to watch her, and, and you know, something as simple as that, not being seen by a doctor at the right time, I would have lost my child and whose fault would have that been? So that impacted me a lot. And then, and then she had a second, um, what we in the older days used to call it a missed pregnancy. And Aditi being the courageous woman that she is, that I could not understand why she just didn't go for the usual DNC and get the fetus removed. She decided that she's going to let her body do it when the body is ready on its own. So imagine me coming here every day with Aditi sitting there with, you know, a fetus in her and uh, waiting to abort. That was so hard because I was not trained to say the right things to her. I really didn't know what to say to her. And even if I did say something, it wasn't the right thing. So yeah. I would just sit there in silence and Aditi would wonder why I'm not saying anything. And that was really, really hard on me because there was no training. There was no right, there was no wrong. I just used to sit there and let her know that I'm there for her. And then watch her actually go through that, the, the actual loss. I was there at that time too. And to watch that was horrific. But then my hat, hats off to Aditi, she did it all on her own. And um, yeah, that's the time I realized I had given birth to a very strong lady. <laughs> yeah, but it took its toll on me. Well, and I remember, I, it's funny that you say that, like, you didn't have, you didn't know the right thing to do or to say, because I remember when I look back at that time, all I remember, and I'm going to get emotional, because all I remember was you being there. Like, you, I remember you being there more than my husband, more than anybody. Um, I remember you and my dog, Zion, <laughs> my dog, Zion, being there. And I remember when I finally birthed that baby, you were there and you cried and you held me. And for those days following, I'll never forget. And I don't know if you even remember, but for those three days following, my mom made me rest, like wouldn't let me leave the couch. She gave me massages. She cooked me nourishing and nurturing like food, some like Ayurvedic, like foods that like Nainanti had recommended to help with like the physical healing and you treated me like a postpartum body which I was at that time and it was so powerful to to be like cared for in that way after after a loss See, I feel it's, it's so different I feel I didn't do enough for you mm -hmm. Raka I think when you say you didn't do enough for her, I think a lot of parents can relate the same way because I know my mom, my own mom feels the same way in my loss. She feels like that she could not do enough. However, everything you have provided to Aditi really like, that's what she remembers. She remembers you sitting beside her. She remembers, you know, you feeding her and taking care of her. And I think that that's what um, a postpartum, like a postpartum loss 
you know, individual really needs. Mm-hmm. We need somebody to take care of us. We need somebody to feed us. Yeah. Like you mothered me and that's what I needed, right? I didn't need the perfect words or honestly, I don't like, it's funny, Danielle, because I actually don't even remember what my mom said at all through that whole time. I just remember that she was there. Like even for when she spoke about, when you spoke about mom, my first loss with the ectopic pregnancy. So for those, for the night before uh, Mm -hmm. my, my uncle got me in to that radiologist and basically saved, saved my life. That night I was in the most excruciating pain. Even I thought I was like that, like, this is, this is how I die. Like I actually, I was coming to grips with it. It was the most excruciating pain I'd been in. And my mom stayed up with me all night and rubbed my back literally all night. This woman did not sleep. And so I don't know what you said and if you said the right or wrong thing, but I remember your presence, like through both my losses and then obviously with my with my birth of my living child as well. So I think it's really neat to hear your perspective. I don't think we've ever really talked about it. We haven't. No. So it's really neat to hear that perspective because I think we get so focused sometimes on saying the right thing when when in reality, you know, nine years later, I don't remember a single thing you said. I just remember that you were there. Yeah, it's like you remember how she made you feel. Mm-hmm. Be- and I feel like that that's what you needed is you needed somebody to make you, f- you know, you remember those feelings that she helped you, you know, she helped through, you know, feeding you and rubbing your back and saying, it's the way we people make us feel that we remember the words as important as they are. It's the feeling I always feel. Yeah, I agree. I so agree with that. And my mom has been like, my mom is such a nurturing, caring person. Like she has two living children, but like she's mothered countless children. She's to run a day home and she's just like that mother person in like so many people's lives. And so it just comes naturally to you. Mm-hmm. And so I, I feel like probably you didn't realize how impactful that was because you were just being like you. Yeah, and what it made me realize is what I had lost during my losses. I had nobody around me to take care of me. When your losses, when you say losses, what what do you mean? I had two uh, miscarriages in in India, mm-hmm. and um, the second one was traumatic. But, but there was nobody around to really take care of me, excepting my husband, and he did a wonderful, wonderful job. I'll always remember what he did for me. But, you know, people wouldn't say the right things to me. They didn't know what to say to me. You know, it was just ignored. I had no healing. I had nobody talk to me about uh, what the losses mean to me. And uh, once Aditi started this center, it made me realize how much I lost during during that time. Uh, in the way of support and encouragement and uh, what the mothers really, really need. And that is something that I too later on dealt with after she started her center. So I went through all that healing process on my own. And um, that has led to some depression even today. But uh, at least now I've dealt with it and, and I'm where I am today. Yes, thank you for sharing, Rekha. I it sounds like 
through Aditi's loss, you were able to go through your own loss. And would you say that that impacted the way that you supported Aditi? Yes. Yeah. Because I wanted to be for her the way nobody was there for me. Mm. Yeah. I think what you're, you know, what you shared, I think, is something that I myself have experienced is I didn't, I had a delay in dealing with my own losses. And then through the center, I've really had to deal with my losses, as well as um, really understanding that our own mental health sometimes is, you know, like, because there was such a delay in dealing with our with the loss, sometimes our own mental health is, you know, a little bit more fragile. Because that trauma is, is we, well, you've held it for a lot longer than I have. But I held that trauma for a good seven years without dealing with it. So the impacts even now, I see, so I can't imagine that length of time that you've had because you shared that this was in India. So it was over 40 years that you've, you've experienced this trauma and really didn't have the support to deal with it. Would you say that that would be Yes, right? that's the truth, yes. And yet I, I have spoken to women of my ethnicity here in Calgary and have tried to discuss their losses and they just ignore it. They say, oh, it's happened. I'm not even going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And where I feel it's, it's it, you know, acknowledge that. You know, uh, acknowledge what has happened to you. Acknowledge the children you've lost. But uh, these women just ignore it and just, you know, sweep it under the rug and that's it. It's done with. Don't ever mention it again. You know, that's that sort of attitude. Mm-hmm. I think that's like a lot of like older generation and yeah, and like you said, and especially East Indian and or other cultures, it's like very, very stigmatized too, because I think especially like in Indian culture, right, mom, it's yeah. very like your job as a a woman or a wife or a partner in, in a heterosexual relationship is to have babies. Yes. So when you, like, how did that impact, like, that cultural belief, how did that impact you when you were in India and you had lost, of course, you had dad who's, like, thankfully not not your typical, like, and you um, see, mindset. I, but. I didn't grow up in a typical East Indian family as such. I come from Zimbabwe, and my parents had a very different outlook, and we didn't think that way. But I know my mother used to think that way because she, she had five children. Mm-hmm. And she said, if I had it my way, I would have had more children. And one day I asked my mom, I said, why? She said, because I see a bit of your dad in each one of you, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, she said, for me, it was just normal to keep on having children. Mm-hmm. And yet I wouldn't think that way. And uh, when it was my turn, I told her that I, I, I don't want more than two children. And she understood because she grew up, she she uh, brought up her children with nannies and servants, and and here we are all on our own, and we're bringing up our own kids, and with no help, and it becomes very hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So you had the losses. So you had two losses between me and my sister. Yes. And then, um, then you came to to Canada. You had me, you you supported me through my own losses. Now, in hindsight, looking 
back and realizing that you didn't have the support or even like processed the impact that those two losses had on you. Can you see like in parenting me and my sister, maybe how, how that showed up in how you parented, like how, do you, do you understand? Yeah, I I became a little more overprotective actually. Mm -hmm. I think that that happens to each one of us who's had a loss because this is the child that's God given, God's given you and you don't want anything to happen to them, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, you become insecure in your parenting methods. Mm-hmm. So that's what I found. Yeah, and it's funny because I feel like if we, because my sister, for people who are listening, my sister is six years older than me. And so when we immigrated to Canada, I was a baby, but my sister was uh, six. And so she remembers and she she knows she knows more of that journey than I do. Um, but she if she looks back, I bet you that she would think that that overprotectedness was because you're immigrants. And there's a part of that. I think that's true. Mm-hmm. Right. There's a different experience of an immigrant family. But I think that overprotectedness. Because I see it in myself, I'm fiercely overprotective of my living child and I do think that that is a result of of loss like you said yeah because that fear is there in you right and what is the fear of losing your child Mm -hmm. yeah I feel like you all like you have already experienced the loss of a child and like so through miscarriage or through myself through stillbirth that when we're parenting our living children, we already know what that is like. We've already lived through and are living through that experience. So I totally see my parenting style totally changed after the loss of our daughter, Emelina, and Kat was seven. My parenting style was a complete 180 of what it was prior. And even the way we parent our youngest is different than I would have parented her sister. So it's very interesting how we become very overprotective. And I really feel that that's because we've already experienced loss. We know what that grief cycle looks like. And I know I personally don't want to ever go through it again. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we become very protective because we know the pain. Like we intimately know that, that pain. I have a question, mom, because I don't know that we ever talked about it. But so for those of you who don't know, but I, when I experienced my losses, I did not have any living children. I only now have um, my living child, my one living child who was the result of my third pregnancy. So you didn't have, and my sister does not have children either. So I was your, (laughs) I was your token to, to grandparenthood. So when I went through the first two losses, how did that impact like you as Yeah, as a grandparent. Well, it was very disappointing. And to watch you go through what you went through, especially I remember going to the clinic there and you had gone in for your ultrasound and all the other mothers are walking out of there with pictures of their unborn baby and you were told that there's no baby to take a picture of. That just, I remember the ride back home from that particular clinic and how it made me feel. You know, it it was heartbreaking, absolutely heartbreaking. 
but you were you 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 i don't know where you got your strength from and even after that loss you said oh i'm going to try again and i just looked at you and i said what is she talking about i would have waited and like in the olden days they said not to have a, another child at least a year after your loss mm. and there you and larry went ahead and within 3 months you were pregnant again with uh, your living child mm-hmm. and i could not see where and how you got your strength from well from you <laughs> i got it from you mom that's a great question um and even thought that you brought up rekha because i'll be honest when i experienced my loss i waited almost 18 months to get pregnant again because i was so afraid of another loss and i had to just like ready myself my story is a little bit different with having a stillbirth but i had to ready myself so when people do try again quickly like aditi i'm always like wow you have so much strength and so much power to be able to do that however Aditi, looking back, do you think it was strength or do you think it was something else that was kind of moving you to try again? For me, I would say it was strength because that second loss I did. So it was five weeks. I waited five after we found out um, that we had lost the baby. I waited five weeks before my body let go of that baby. (sighs) So five weeks is a really long time to hold both life and death inside of you. It was one of the most, I still think like that experience, even though it resulted not in a living child, that experience was probably the most empowering, most healing experience of my life. Those five weeks, I did not go back to work. I did not act like everything was okay. I like sat in it and I healed in it and I um, meditated on it and I did so much like internal work to the point where then my body was able to let go of that pregnancy finally because I know it was holding on because my heart was not ready finally my heart caught up and then I was able to birth that baby and it was the only like natural like vaginal birth that I have experienced because my living child was a c-section and my ectopic obviously was a surgery so it actually even though again it resulted in a a loss it it had me feeling very more empowered in my body. So, so yeah, like I remember that night after, like I sent a note to my family and just, it was so much gratitude that I was feeling post-birth of that second pregnancy because I just felt like it was so healing for me. And so I went into trying again not out of a place of desperation, but out of a, a like honest to goodness, empowered strength place. I'm glad, Rekha and Aditi, that you were able to share that because that was really what you just said, Aditi, was really impactful to me. And I'm sure our listeners are really going to understand that because I know that myself, I was induced. My daughter had been passed for a few days by the time I'd given birth. And you said a lot there about the meditation and the empowerment and really having your heart catch up with your body. It's a very interesting place that you were able to kind of put yourself in, in that delivery. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was still, like I said, it was still one of the most like 
spiritually aligned places I've ever found myself in in my life, actually, which is a weird thing to say when it's a loss. But yeah, I really fully leaned into it in a way that I still don't think I've allowed myself to lean into to many of the challenges I faced since then. So it's a it's an interesting, interesting um, space. And my mom was my mom was there through that whole uh, five, five weeks, weeks and every day. Yeah, every day. And then when the labor started and when I was here, she was she was like right, right with me. And yeah, just honored, honored that journey for me. Never pressured me to go back to work, never pressured me to like do anything that I wasn't ready for, which, yeah, I guess now, like you said, you supported me in the way that you wish you had been supported. And I think that makes a lot of sense now looking back. When you, when I had the second loss, was there a point in which you kind of thought, well, maybe we will not be grandparents? That thought did cross my mind, yes. But I would have been fine with it. Yeah? Yeah, if that would have happened, I would have been fine with it. But I thank you again for giving us our grandchild because Mm -hmm. your kiddo is just the most wonderful thing that's ever happened to all of us. (laughs) This is true. I can contest. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's it's an interesting, interesting journey that that we find ourselves on. Did do you find that the losses supporting me through these the losses has it changed? Do you, do you think it changed our relationship in any way? In the beginning, I was a little skeptical of where our relationship would go. Mm-hmm. But in a lot of ways, it's brought us closer, much closer. Mm-hmm. And also being there for your actual, the actual birth of your living child is something that um, I was not really 100% <laughs> ready for all the all the pain and all the, oh my goodness I think a mom should not be a lot <laughs> yeah, but but it was worth it and I'm glad I was there and I'm glad that you know you will always remember that I was there yeah and I and I remember so I had at, so I had a doula for my birth and my living child and the hospitals kept going back and forth right into like the final hour of whether I could have two support uh, or three support people with me in the birth. And I kept saying like, I would rather have my mom than my doula because for me, it was like having you there for the birth of my living child was like a full circle moment. Like you had supported me so fully in my losses that I really, really wanted to share like a live birth like with you and and I know it was it was more intense well plus my labor and delivery were a lot more traumatic and intense than um (laughs) than any of us expected but having you there was like again it was just again when I think back of that my living child's birth I don't think of anything other than the fact that you were there well I'm honored to hear you say that yeah, you've always you've always just been there. I had a really hard postpartum with my living yeah. child and I remember you being here. Like my mom moved in with us for 6 weeks to help because I had a C-section and I was having trouble breastfeeding so she helped 
uh, with feeding and like, again, nurturing me, like cooking for me. And like, like in India, they have where in postpartum, like the, the mother doesn't leave the house for 40 days and she's taken care of. And I really felt like I got that experience with the help of, mm-hmm. the help of you. Because the woman's body doesn't heal that fast. You just can't just get up and go. You know, I know animals do that, but they're built differently. You yeah, know, I'll be honest. Know. I just got up and went. I mean, with all of my pregnancies, I never gave myself the time or the space to rest. When I had my oldest, I was 25. I was young. I just like got up and went shopping the next day. My rainbow child or my youngest child, I had no family here or and yeah. no support. So like when I hear that you moved in and that you were able to help her in postpartum, it just it makes my heart so happy that people have that support because that is the support I wish I would have had. I didn't yes. think ahead that I would need it. I thought I was invincible and yet I was far from invincible trying to parent a nine-year-old and uh, an infant all at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I had so much uh, like postpartum anxiety that like, I don't know what I would have done if I didn't have, didn't have that family support. So I feel very blessed that like, that that's the thing, like my family were so close. We're just so close and they've been like a pillar of strength for me for my whole life. And through loss and birth, like that didn't change. And I would agree, mom, like, I feel like our relationship did get closer. I was also worried, especially after my postpartum, I was worried that it would have been impacted negatively, but it's, it hasn't. I think we, as mothers, I think we have like a very deep understanding of what this, like what this journey entails Mm -hmm. and, and the impact of like loss and life is. Exactly. So I feel like we have gotten closer and to see like the relationship you have with my child um, is super special because you were so involved from day one. Oh yeah. I used to get up for the five o'clock feeds. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I wouldn't trade anything for that. Yeah. Tried to spend as much time as I could. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Um, Is there any, any other questions, Danielle, that, that we have for my mama? No, I just think our last question that we ask all of our guests on our show. We always ask every one of our guests that knowing what you do know now, what would you tell yourself then? Like when you were either going through your own loss or supporting me through loss as a grandparent now, uh, what would you have told yourself then? Ask for help. Mm. You know, don't try to be the hero. Don't try to be superwoman, you know. It's not going to get you anywhere. Ask for help. And, and, and I wish, as, as I said, I wish I had that help. Because nobody helped me. There was nobody there. And um, I didn't get the emotional support as well as the physical support I needed. Your dad was the only one. Mm-hmm. God bless him. Mm-hmm. He's a good one, that one. He mm-hmm. is. Yeah. Well, things, I think that that's, uh, I think that at the basis of all of this, no matter what you're struggling with, no matter if you're a grandparent, a birthing person, a support person, um, I think that that's true for everyone. Get 
get help. We were not meant to carry this on our own. And I think that's why it's so important that we do this work now, because hopefully we can provide that space for everyone, including those who have gone through loss years ago, to start giving themselves permission to speak about it and to to do something with it. So even even something simple like asking somebody to cook you some meals, keep it in the freezer. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a big, big, big help because when when you're going through this, the last thing from your mind is feeding your family. Yeah, and or it should be. Yeah, and they and and they need to be fed. So if somebody's offering to feed you, don't don't turn it down. Say yes, I I'd love that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Again, we're not meant to do this alone. So thank you, mom, for for sharing and for being here. Um, For those of you who are listening, you might have a grandparent in your life or you might be a grandparent um, who is either supporting your own child through loss or has gone through loss yourself, whatever that might look like. We at the Pregnancy and Infant Loss Support Center, we support all people impacted by loss. That includes grandparents. So we actually do have a peer mentorship program where you can connect to other grandparents one-on-one to support you through the journey if you have um, experienced or impacted by loss. So you can visit our website, which is in the show notes, to get connected with us. Again, we're not meant to do this alone, and there's a community of support waiting for you if you would like. So thank you, Mom, and thank you, Danielle. We'll see you next time on Beyond the Loss. Bye. Bye. Bye.